I told you it wouldn't fit, Dan said, as his He held in his left hand. Here, hold this, he said, putting it in my hand. Dropping to his knees, he began for the I could tell when he found it. There it is, he said, with satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I am filled with joy at sitting here yet again, one redacted noun. Yes. <laughs> you know, we see each other pretty often, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. the real world. We hang yeah. out. Mm-hmm. But it's something about being in the studio together. Yeah. That's yeah. just like, I don't know. It just feels like magic. I was going to say, I, it feels like <laughs> the thirst in me sees the thirst in you. Yes. And it's never clearer than when there are two mics in front of us. <laughs> so um, listen, I'm just really happy that we're here. Yeah. And I think also now that we're at a new home mm-hmm. here at Slate, we might have to just do a little bit of a primer for our new listeners. Right, right, right. Um, Where should we start? I guess we can start by just explaining the very important thing that thirst is 100% natural. Absolutely. And whether you display your thirst in T-shirts with, you know, your fan favorite on it, if Mm -hmm. you write fan fiction or if you just tweet out every nasty little thing (laughs) in your head or even if you're just kind of like, I am just going to journal about this. This is my own private thing and no one else needs to hear about it. It's Mm -hmm. all for me. That's fine. But we still need to acknowledge the different shades of thirst that happen in the world. Nicole, you really are a poet, aren't you? I can tell. <laughs> skills, skills, absolute wonderful techers. Here's another thing that we will say. What we do here on Thursday Kid is not 100% prescriptive. Oh, yeah. Nicole and I fancy who we fancy, but what we are doing more importantly is encouraging you to go out into the world and fancy the people that you could and do fancy. Right. So people ask us quite frequently if we're going to do an episode on BTS, the K-pop band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no. Uh, we may have a guest who will talk about that band at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know. Bim and I are not going to talk about that. But that no. does not mean that there's something wrong with BTS. Nope. That does not mean that they are bad or whatever. It just mm-hmm. means that they are not for... Me and Bim. That's it. That's exactly. And in fact, there are people, because people often ask us, what's the process for Thirst Aid Kit? The process is we have the longest of all long lists. <laughs> and then very quickly, Nicole and I go through that list and we discover who we both fancy and who neither of us fancies and who everyone and their mother fancies. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Keanu. But like, <laughs> there has to be the very common basic ground that both Nicole and I fancy the pants of the person that we are choosing as the first object, but that doesn't mean that these are the only people that you can fancy. We urge right. you to use Thirst Aid Kit as a sort of roadmap to explore <laughs> your own thirst. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. It could be if you want it to be. <laughs> but we are basically just trying to kind of lay out the idea of questioning who you fancy and why, mm-hmm. and then reveling in it. Just as we've said, shout out to Vari who gave us this quote, the foof wants what the foof wants. And we are here <laughs> to encourage you and your foof. So what we do here at Thursday Kid, like we, you know, our one sentence thing is we talk about the way pop culture shapes desire. Mm-hmm. So what that means is we look at the way, you know, 
Hollywood keeps telling us that blonde and blue is the epitome of beauty. And we know, God bless Keanu, that that is not correct. <laughs> God bless Mahershala Ali. Oh, my God. God, God bless, bless John Cho. God bless Ryan Coogler. I and mean, these are all episodes that are available in our archives. So just go go, go back and see if we've already covered your fave because we may have. And if we haven't, well, we may feature them yet. So strap in, <laughs> lol, and <laughs> hold on tight because more is coming. Joy comes in the morning. Consider <laughs> us to be joy. All right? Now, we've been off the air for about nine months, and Mm -hmm. now we're here at Slate, and we need to look at some of the stuff that we have missed, that we've been off the air, and we didn't get a chance to talk about, Right. because sometimes the tweets just aren't enough, so. I mean, we missed a lot. A lot, yeah. And there has been a world of thirst since, since we were off the air. Right. Right. And even like right before we went off the air, we Mm -hmm. already had recorded some episodes. So Mm -hmm. we didn't get the chance to talk about some things like crazy rich Asians. Listen. Okay. (laughs) So I went into the cinema. The minute Henry Golding's face turns up, I think I laughed out loud. I was like, (laughs) get out. What? He's so handsome. Yeah, he's very handsome. But I'm going to admit. Uh-huh. That he's not the one that did it for me. No, neither. So, okay, I know where you're going because I feel much the same fucking way. Go. Okay. Pierre Ping, who played Michael, Astrid's neglectful husband. Mm, mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I need more of him on the screen. Like, I know. Just on the screen? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Don't get me started. Well, I guess I should get started. Nick, it's too late. You've already started. (sighs) And his face. Yeah. Oh, my. You know, I love, you know, I love a slim little. (laughs) French fry of a man. Say it with your chest. (laughs) I, but he had angles just everywhere. And he did look a little wolfish. No, not wolfish. He looked like a fox. Just like sharp and just cunning. And he just looked like. I want to make a mistake with you. Wow. That's. I'm uh, sorry. I stopped I listening. Feel, I stopped I'm, listening at cunning because I, I'm a you're child. A filth. I'm a, I'm a 12 year old boy and I apologize. No, listen, I, I was there for him. But who I really 100% fell in love with mm. was Chris Pang. Oh, yeah. And he plays Henry Golding's character's best friend. Yeah. Colin. Yeah. So, I mean. He's I was, the one getting married. He's yeah. the one getting married. He's he is the, he is the person whose wedding brings forth everybody else. Mm-hmm. So Colin is like clearly second fiddle to mm-hmm. Henry Golding's character. But he was first fiddle in my heart. <laughs> fiddling away. He has this incredibly beautiful face that is almost alarming. Like, And when he would smile, he had like this beautiful, shy, <sighs> bashful smile. And I was like, whatever you want, take it. It's your. I felt like Beyonce in the Sugar Mama video. I was like, take my car, take my credit card, take my car. I did all of it. I just, he's so, I don't know, something about him just made me, I started again, was just looking at him and I was just imagining a whole life together. Yeah. Which is clearly irresponsible. Yeah. Because I've got bills in this life. So yeah. I do, but I was just kind of like, get me into his arms slash his life. Crazy Rich Asians really was actually kind of thirsty rich Asians because a lot came up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the sequel. (laughs) Um. You say that like a a scholar. (laughs) I will be uh, awaiting the sequel. Another thing that happened, Nicole, was um, the uh, end of a little uh, series of movies. (sighs) Avengers Endgame came out. Right, yes. (laughs) Listen, 
<laughs> All right. So <laughs> everyone knows how I and we feel mm-hmm. about Cap, mm-hmm. um, specifically the actor who plays Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do very much like Chris Evans. Right. Yes. Yes. I think he's that a favorite here at Thursday. He's a favorite, and he's a, he's you know let's not be I don't want to be all you know ridiculous about this, but he likes us too. Yes. I think you may have heard uh, <laughs> when he came on our show twice um, and congratulated us, referred to us, in fact, as his girls. Yes. <laughs> Said we were his favorite interview. His favorite, bitch. So, listen, there's a there's a history there. Mm-hmm. There was a great message that we received over our hiatus mm-hmm. where um, a thirst bucket sent us a message on Tumblr and was like, listen, I was watching Endgame and there's a scene where Cap shaves off his beard and I just wanted to say I thought of both of you and of course he was thinking about both of you so in a way you starred in Endgame and you know what, sis? We did star in Endgame. So thank you so much for your astute film commentary. If you look very closely, mm-hmm. you know, in the steam rising up from the yes. sink, you will see Thirst Aid Kit. <laughs> we appear as a specter in this movie. Some behind the scenes fucking knowledge there for you. We're in the movie, friends. Um, so I went went in with my expectations very high because mm. it's the end of an era mm-hmm, infinity mm-hmm. war had set up this horrible dusting situation right. where it was kind of like oh my god what's gonna happen i mean you had some ideas this was clearly chris's last film right it was rdj's last one there was right. like a lot of expectation about how they were going to wrap up because right. we knew the wrapping up was coming right and for the most part I think they wrapped it up quite well. Not all the way through. There's right. issues always with of female course. characters in the MCU, but story for another day. That is not this podcast. Yeah. But like, I felt satisfied by a lot of things mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the storyline. But then I felt satisfied by other things. Yes. Chris, I was here for. Right. But. Mm. The Hulk. Okay. All right. Please, Nicole. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's the thing. You know how you have a thing where you say, quite plainly, you enjoy a French fry of a man? Yes. If I had to choose an aesthetic, I would lean towards that over a muscle-bound sort of, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not really into, like, super thick, like, mm-hmm. super, you yeah, know. Yeah. Everyone's beautiful. All bodies are great. Right. Fantastic. But I wouldn't say that I was into, like, the muscle-bound big guy. Yes. And then Mark Ruffalo told me that I'm a liar. <laughs> because hulk and it's not even a real body it's not even real bitch it's a cgi and so good an actor is mark ruffalo and all jokes aside like all first aside right mark ruffalo is such a good actor yeah that he embodies this yes. mostly cgi character when he's not playing banner when he's playing the hulk right it's his face that remains his everything yeah. else is just the work of but you feel right. so intently you understand the character he's of such a good actor and yeah. I, I say that with all first taken out of the equation he's just a solid performer mm-hmm. but he's also a solid performer because when Hulk arrives and he's wearing that shawl neck sweater and the glasses, (laughs) what? I was like, yes, professor daddy. Talk to me. (laughs) That is disgusting. But yes, (laughs) you know, I hate daddy, but I just, I just, when he's in that diner situation and he's wearing, like I said, the shawl neck, everyone knows catnip. Yeah. It's up there with like the Henley. As an item of clothing that more men should be thinking about yes. more seriously. Anyways, he's sitting there. He's wearing his glasses. He's kind of shrugging. He's taking photos with the kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. I could think was... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even... My mouth is full of saliva. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hold on. <laughs> all I could think was... Huh? 
Yes. I just wanted to like. I, yes. I, he, and his hair is all. I, yes. I, I don't have the vocabulary. And didn't he have like a little like had, at one point he had like a V neck. Yes. And, yes. And the little little Hulk hair was on the chest. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are they doing? And his voice, like Mark Ruffalo's voice coming yes, out of that yes. guy. And he was so patient. Oh, my God. Okay, the I'm, hottest catnip of all. Listen. I kept thinking to myself, he's going to be a good father. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. There yeah. was some other stuff that came out over the summer. Right. We had um, Always Be My Maybe mm. from Netflix. Another stunning collection of beautiful people. Good gravy. Ali Wong said, in the words of Alex Jung on Twitter, mm -hmm. I'm going to kiss all the Asian men, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I mean... Shout out um, to Ali, man. I, that's how I would go about casting my own movie. I'd be like, who do I want? Who do I want? Who do I yes. want? That's right. I want Keanu fucking Reeves. Yes. You had <laughs> and then she got him. Yes. You had Daniel Day Kim. Mm. Mm. Who, man. <sighs> I'm just going to exhale. He was already fine. Yes. When I, I first was introduced to him in Lost. Mm-hmm. He was already fine. He was. They played him on Lost. Yes. But he was. He surprise, was, surprise. Mm -hmm. He was fine then. Mm -hmm. But now. Yes. This, mm, I <laughs> <laughs> boy howdy, and he got a little sauce to him because yes. that GIF set we saw on Tumblr. Yes, um, he's reading thirsty tweets, right? And they've uh -huh. been pretty, you know, they were pretty tame. Mm -hmm. And then he finally reads one that says, "Forever wanting to sit on Daniel Day Kim's face," and he goes, "Now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere." And the look on his face, the smile. <laughs> Like, oh my God. It's filthy. Let me find out. <laughs> hey, Danny, let me find out. Boy. Enunciating all my words. Don't play there. with me. <laughs> he has this big grin on his face, yes. like, now we're getting somewhere, yeah. bitch. Okay. Right. So, Ali Wong's character, Sasha, she had, she kissed Daniel Day Kim. Yep. Then she was with Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> we can't take up too much time on Keanu because, no. you know, no. we've already had a full episode on him. Yes. He is the patron saint of the, sh of the show. Yes, he is. But then there's Randall Park. All right. So listen. What? I, what? I, I already had a bit of a crush on Randall because he has, above all things, the kindest eyes. Oh, my god! Like, again, talk about that. The kind teddy of like, bear just like... Again, you look at him and you think he would raise our children so well. <laughs> like, I just have like this urge of just like, wow, fatherhood. That was one. But then in this, he has like this wonderful thing where he's kind of schlubby. And then he kind of glows up very, mm -hmm. very gently. It's mm -hmm. not kind of, it's not like a transformation yeah, movie right. in that way. In this movie, though, there is a scene. <clears throat> there is a scene. So Sasha and Marcus have got together... Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm remembering it. And I'm already smiling. Yes, it's a scene where it's basically a love scene. Yes, and they're kind of like they come in the door, lol, and then they go up the stairs. Yes, and there is a moment in the on the stairs. He picks her up <clears throat> and puts her back against the wall. Listen, listen all listen, my accent. Well, well. <laughs> you become southern. I became. I'm like listen well, well. Like honestly, that was a bit when I thought to myself, oh well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow because i found that and we've talked about this before that rom-coms actually are pretty chaste yes. you know which is fine yeah they don't they you know we see the people kissing we don't know and you know we'll see the morning after but we don't get you know a lot of the um 
the backs against the wall kind of stuff in no. rom-coms, which is fine. You don't you necessarily get, you, need them. Yeah. But to have that mm-hmm. in this movie, particularly mm-hmm. a movie with an all-Asian cast. Yes. And just incredible. It was hot. It yes. was it was perfect. It wasn't yeah. gratuitous. No. It, you know, it was just, this is what was right. I, what I loved about the film was, again, like the transformations felt organic mm-hmm. and correct mm-hmm. as opposed to like overblown and kind of like, and now he's a millionaire. None yeah. of that. It was just this very beautiful, lovely uh, exploration of, childhood love mm-hmm. uh grown into something else mm-hmm. which became something else and mm-hmm. it was like also a weirdly lovely exploration of grief mm, yeah and just like this yes. idea of what does growth look like when you've allowed yourself to be stunted by circumstances outside of your control right i really i was oddly moved i went we went to see uh, like a screening mm-hmm. and we had like tickets to some of our thirst buckets in new york mm-hmm. and it was so lovely to see everybody falling in love in real time with this movie yes and then to watch it kind of spill out on on twitter and yeah. people just talk about this it was just this wonderful and again like nicole pointed out an all asian cast Nobody was made to be a needless villain. It was all just done so well mm-hmm. and bodes well, I think, for Ali Wong's future film career. I want more of her. Yes. I want more of Randall Park. Yes, absolutely. I definitely want more of Keanu. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want all of it. And this was a very, very, very good rom-com yes. on Netflix. Yes. And I was pleasantly pleased and surprised. Yes. Okay, so we have talked about what we missed. Uh-huh. I think we need to move on and mm-hmm. talk about um, a recent favorite yes. of ours. Yes. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually delivered like his most famous character, so I'm grateful. That pause was perfect. I also love him. He's great. We are, of course, talking about Dan Levy. Oof. Wow, he of the magnificent eyebrows. The most magnificent. Like, he comes from a dynasty of great eyebrows. Like, <sighs> you may not know this, Dan's father is Eugene Levy, mm-hmm. who plays his father on Schitt's Creek. Yes. But Dan himself is quite something to look at. He is quite a snack. <laughs> <laughs> High protein, low sugar, really um. kind of like slow release snacking yeah. he is something else like he just keeps adding like you look at him and there's the initial pal yeah and then waves of it hit yeah. you hours later and you're like oh i'm still on this you know so i am i was late to Shit's creek right i <laughs> <laughs> i just <Same. laughs> i just started watching it um last month or so oh, in, wow. in august uh-huh Obviously, I'd seen people talking about it, and I'd seen Dan, you know, people sharing stuff. I talked about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I just didn't have the time to, like, sit. Because, you know, it's just, there's so much TV and so much stuff out there. Anyway. I agree. So, I was doing some work, and I was like, I'm going to reward myself when I finish this task. I'm going to reward myself and finally get into Shit's Creek. Mm Mm-hmm. I was so distracted mm. by how beautiful mm. he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he's funny. Yes. Very funny. Just just perfect comedic timing mm-hmm. in a way that you don't often see yeah. anymore. Um, and that may be because of his father, because right. of that, you know, that very, like, um, I know his father from SCTV. It's oh, okay. a Canadian um, sketch show uh-huh. similar to Saturday Night Live. Right. I used to watch it with my sister when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what was going on because like, the humor was over my head. Right. You know, they were talking about stuff that I had no idea. So I was very young. I was like seven or something like that. But 
even then, mm-hmm. Eugene mm-hmm. was somebody that I would just watch just like mm-hmm. as he walked across the screen. So then when I'm looking at Shit's Creek and I see his son who looks almost exactly like him, but just like <laughs> polished a little bit, you know, yeah. like a he like, uses moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Eugene is the uh, rough crystal and Dan is the polished crystal. Yeah, he's cut. Yeah. Yeah. No, I fully I fully understand what you're saying. I was also late to, to Shit's Creek. I it looked to me to be a very silly show because mm-hmm. um, I never even read about what it was about. But every time I saw one of the posters, I was like, Ugh, is this like a parody or something? I don't care for this. <laughs> so I wasn't really, and I, even though I love Eugene Levy, I was like, eh, I'll get to it, I mm-hmm, suppose. Mm-hmm. But then all these people whose opinion I respect were like, oh my God, Shit's Creek, it's great. Yeah. You don't think it's going to be great? I promise you it's great. And I was like, fine. Mm-hmm. So I started watching it and like you, I was distracted by Dan. And then I found out all these other bits of information that A, he was a showrunner, he right. wrote a good number of these things. And you know, a part of me also when I first heard about him being showrunner was kind of like, eh, is this because your dad is Eugene Levy right. and yeah, he bought yeah. you a little tea? And it was like, no, no, this guy is actually talented. And like you said, fantastic comedic timing mm-hmm. because I suppose when you are in the <laughs> Levy household, it <laughs> enters you like osmosis. I don't know. He is very, very good in this show. And yeah. the show itself is fantastic. And my only regret is that I didn't start it sooner Yes, because I could have been on this train a long time a ago. A long time ago. And Shit's Creek is about a family who um, the father trusted uh, an accountant. Lost, they lost all their money. And um, it turns out that the only thing of value that they had is this small town that um, the father, Johnny, had bought as a joke because the yes. town's name is Shit's Creek. Um, <laughs> he bought it for his son, yeah. ironically. Yeah. Um, and that was also based on a real life thing where Kim Basinger bought a town somewhere years what? ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Dan basically was like, what's the weirdest celebrity shit? I, I know, that time Kim Basinger bought a town. And so that wow. was his, yeah. Which, again, you see, my guy reads. He understands yes, the world. I'm proud yes. of him. Good for him. But, like, it's it's a ridiculous premise. So initially, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a fall from grace mm-hmm. for this super rich family who have to move to this small, weird town Yes, called Shits Creek. And they get there, and it's populated with all these weird characters, right. obviously. Of course. But the family themselves, like, Johnny, who's played by Eugene Levy, is mm-hmm. married to Moira, who's played by <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, for those who don't know, is God-level comedy. There is also the daughter, Alexis, Mm -hmm. um, who is, again, the best actor working with her hands out there. She is. (sighs) She has the most amazing mannerisms. Her face is like this comedy goldmine. I love the actor. And then Dan, who is playing uh, David Rose. And the four of them end up living in two motel rooms Mm -hmm. in like this shitty little, it's a Mm. shitty motel in in Shits Creek. (laughs) And essentially it's them, I suppose, learning how to be human. Yeah. And learning um, how to be a family because they're coming from New York. Um, and they didn't, they were very, they're very New York, right? Or this idea of what New York wealth is Mm. where, you know, they barely know each other beyond the things to insult each other with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's just really nice to see the actual growth of the family, of the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because sometimes in these kinds of sitcoms, it's easy to keep them stuck in the same characterizations because you, you know, oh, it's funny. The audience likes it. Right. Let's just keep them the same. Right. But they stay the same as they evolve and become better people. Which brings us neatly to Dan, who plays <sighs> David. Oh, my gosh. Who is 
essentially his character he embodies this absolutely he is he is very much a man child yes who for the first time is having to name his neuroses he's having to name himself basically Mm -hmm. he's rebirthing himself Mm -hmm. having been placed in a situation that was out of his comfort zone in every single way Mm -hmm. the thing i love about david as as dan plays him is like he comes in he is not unaware of the ridiculousness of himself and his family yes he knows that he is a wealthy privileged or was anyway a wealthy privileged for want of a better word dickhead like this you know, he used to run a gallery space with, you know, performance <laughs> artists and some of the art that he describes, you're like, what? And so it's like, he, he's very aware of his pretentiousness. He knows that he does wear obscure Japanese drop crotch designers. <laughs> he knows that his clothes are, you know, beautiful. Yes, silly a little bit. He is very, very self-aware. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all of that, he is also understanding that mm, maybe there are better ways to be. Yes, yes. And one of the ways that he shows, like his face acting is mm. superb. Yes, it's the one of the hottest things about him. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, he could do that with his face? It's great. Oh, I love it when he, you know, he'll say something. Of course, you know, he's being a little snarky and he's mm. leaving the room. And then he comes, he like pops his head back into the room to make sure you understood <laughs> what he was saying. It was, yes. it reminds me so much of Dorothy's Bornack on the Golden Girls. <laughs> you can tell that he wears um, glasses in real life. Like, you know that Dan Levy wears glasses, mm-hmm. but David does mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And so he has this kind of soft, unfocused look about his eyes it just it makes me think of naughty things and I am just like looking at his face like you just got out of bed even though he's like being an asshole or whatever but his face just looks so like nasty to me in this way (laughs) oh god you're holding your chest again I think the thing about Dan's face um, is that it's made up of these really great parts Mm. so that the whole is actually kind of it, it somehow shouldn't work because it's so much of mm, so many different mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. So starting off at the top of his head, he has this amazing head of hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> his hair is like this beautiful, he has the most precise haircut. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing it because I think to myself, oh, yeah, this is someone who cares about his hair mm-hmm. and his nails. Mm-hmm. And so what else does he care about? That's right. He care about me. <laughs> and like, it just feels like a natural progression. So he mm-hmm. has this amazing head of hair. He has also beautiful teeth. Yes. So that when he smiles, you think to yourself, mm, he goes for a quarterly clean. I can tell. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And his smiles are extra. Like when he wants to, they are wolfish mm-hmm. or they are shy or they are incredibly bashful, like when he's with the, you know, the character we'll get into. Mm-hmm. He, he he makes his face so open and soft. Yes. And it's it's actually incredibly disarming to see that because you don't realize until you see him, there aren't many characters who allow themselves to be so soft, so visibly yes. soft. Yes. So that when Dan does it, all you can think is, how can I sue? What, what do you need? Yes. And he's like... <laughs> He's not used to being vulnerable. Yes. But he's yes. he allows himself yes. to what go a, with it. That's such a good choice of where he allows himself. He gives himself permission. Yes. I love that so much. Oh, and that smile yes. also drove me insane because he has this smile where it's like 
you and I share a secret and only you and I know it. Yes. And I'm giving you indication that I'm thinking of that secret right now. You tweeted that yes. very much in a very succinct way that that really nailed it. You called you called <laughs> him a smoke show. Yes. <laughs> and I thought to myself, all right, Nicole, just fucking wordsmith. All right. No. OK, I got that. Um, Nicole Cliff tweeted at one day tweeted that one day a smoke show and i was unfamiliar with that term because i don't understand what that means and it's just someone is so hot that they're you know giving up smoke and it's a show it's like <laughs> yes that is perfect yes. and that's how i feel looking at him like he is so hot yeah it is it is really distracting I mean, yes. he's so beautiful and like he has this um little scruff very yes you know very George Michael designer scruff. Yes, yes. 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 But it works. It could be douchey on so many people. On most other people, to be to be very clear. Most other people would look like douchebags. He instead just looks like someone who, again, considers grooming to be a natural part of masculinity. Yeah. And I love that about him. Um, he also does this thing um, with his jaw when he's trying to hide a smile. Yes. Oh his my jaw God. kind of works. And it, it's like, and, 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 you know, prior to that, I hadn't really noticed he had a mole on his chin. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the mole. And now that's all I can look at when I'm looking at him. In mm-hmm. addition to his amazing mm-hmm. lush eyebrows. I've, mm-hmm. called, I've called him on Twitter my lushly eyebrowed king <laughs> because he very much is lushly eyebrowed. Um, but like his mole is working. His mm-hmm. eyebrows are working. His eyes are doing what they do. His mouth is twitching. He does a little Tabitha nose bewitched move sometimes mm-hmm. when he's trying to hold back a lot. All of it contributes to just this really beautiful visage and i think i think about how that face he puts it to work it is a working face yes and he makes use of every single part of it when he's working and i find that to be uncomfortably hot yes and he's hairy yeah (laughs) (laughs) his forearms i oh my god so he often wears long sleeves and will often gather the sleeves into like his fist so that they kind of look very 90s and i love that also me too but every so often he will wear a short sleeved situation Mm -hmm. and it's all i can do not to reach forward and like lick Mm -hmm. the screen because i just i love a hairy forearm Mm -hmm. i'm very sad that summer is over because it means men are no longer (laughs) folding up their shirt sleeves to reveal their forearms right but right now we're at a point where they're like doing the push-ups yeah you know they're pushing up this i mean i guess it's fine But Dan has really quite lovely forearms. And yes. I just want to shout out to his forearms. Yeah. If they want to come to the studio with Dan, they can also do so. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he just, they, again, they look capable. Like, yeah. again, he can put up some shelves. Yes. <laughs> you can for. see those forearms on his Instagram account. Also, a thing um, that I've noticed, and it's not necessarily that it's. It's not that it's necessary, but he is rarely um, naked yes. on the show. Like, you yes. don't see his body. No. Um, the most you see are his legs when he wears shorts. Yeah, and the shorts are still, like, to his shins or yes. something like yeah. that, you yeah. know. Um, and, again, it's not necessary. I'm not calling for it because it works for the storyline and yeah. stuff like that. I think that, that it's important, though, that we see that male beauty is does not necessarily need to be exposed. Right. You don't have to be shirtless to be hot. Yeah. And that's that's fine. A lot of people don't want to see that and yeah. don't want to be that. I think a lot of the actors that we have covered on the show mm-hmm. in previous years, um, we talk a lot about, you know, when they have appeared topless or whatever. Right. And I think one of the characters who we didn't have that for was, uh, one of the people we didn't have that for was Mahershala, mm-hmm. who obviously has written it into his contract. Not that he doesn't go topless, but that he doesn't do explicit sex scenes. Right. And, you know, someone like Ryan Coogler, who is not on screen, so we don't see that mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, 
there is so much value also in just leaving a little something to the imagination. Yeah. That's hot also as yeah. well in addition. And I'm here for it. If Dan doesn't want to take off his top, you keep that shirt on, baby. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's more than okay. Be comfortable in who you are. We will thirst regardless. Yes. He's not naked um, often, at, if at all, you know, publicly or whatever. And he's still just incredibly sexy yes he is smart yes he is talented yes he is just like this is, you can tell that this is his show to go back to what you were saying about you know maybe this is just some you know kind of legacy kind mm -hmm. of thing but you can see him mm. in the writing of the show very what, much you know and i just wow he's just a lot he's just it's, a, he's really, a lot you feel his you feel his voice coming yeah. through so clearly do can you create opportunities that you like scenes you put your father in to embarrass him now? There's a very interesting power shift that's happened here because I now get to write what he does. So I'm able to really sort of like hammer home his sensitive spots. One would be um, his hair. He has a lovely head of hair. David. Don't touch it. I don't what? know if you knew that. You cannot touch his hair. It's okay. a perfectly coiffed head of hair. Is it real? Is it real hair? It's real, yes. Just don't touch it. So, of course, the, se the second episode of our first season, I write a drip that happens in the first scene that just makes his hair sopping wet. And I remember my dad reading the script and then sort of calling me on the phone going, <clears throat> I've, uh, I read the drip story, uh, and I have a few questions. Um, <laughs> He knows exactly what he wants to say. Um, and much like, you know, again, that leads us very beautifully into how he represents his character, David, yeah. who, as you said, comes out later in the show as pansexual. So, just to be clear, um, I'm a red wine drinker. That's fine. Okay, cool, but uh, I only drink red wine. And up until last night, I was under the impression that you, too, only drank red wine. But I guess I was wrong. I see where you're going with this. Um, I do drink red wine. But I also drink white wine. Oh. And I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. And a couple summers back, I tried a Merlot that used to be a Chardonnay. Oh. Which got a bit complicated. Okay, yeah, so you're just really open to all wines. I like the wine and not the label. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, this is just very new to me, so... As long as you didn't roll over and cry yourself to sleep with regret, then we're good, right? No, 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 I absolutely did that. Just wept for hours in the dark. Uh, it's done so well. It's so good. Wine as a metaphor for sexuality. It's so and it's good. not cringy and it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, we're trying to shoehorn some kind of lesson of the day. Right. It's just done very organically. And right. I, I loved that. And he did like this great interview with Larry King, who was being every stereotype of a boomer, mm. who was basically asking about, you know, is it, what do your parents think and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, bless, bless Dan. He's kind of like, well, you know, we've got a lot of feedback from people who say it's very good that we, you know, they feel mm -hmm. represented and whatnot. And I just thought this is so, I hate that he has to do it. Yeah. But I'm glad that he did do it. The storyline of the show. I understand you play someone who is pansexual. Yes. What is that? 
I've never heard it. The term. Pansexuality is an attraction or love to anyone of any sex or gender identity. So it's a very fluid... Uh, LGBT anyone. Ex- yes. In doing the show, it's actually been amazing to see the response from the pansexual community of people who are, you know, quite quite excited to see that represented, you know, <laughs> on television. Is that the first time ever it's been represented? I don't think it's. I ever. can't say it's the. Fr- I can't say for sure, but I I, I haven't seen it before. You were quoted as saying, I don't think he's ever turned down a sexual opportunity if it arose, just like most millennials. That's funny. <laughs> so, I, yeah, Larry so King, what? It's interesting um, because the actor that plays Stevie, uh-huh. after that scene where um, David, you know, talks about, after the wine scene, mm-hmm. she realized that she was pansexual. Like, she real, like, that helped her realize what her feelings and the things that she was, you know, going through, um, had a name and, and that kind of thing. So she eventually came out as pansexual. And I thought that that was incredible because again, it's like, sometimes you just don't know, like you, mm. you, you know, the feelings, but you don't know if there's a word for it. And that's, right. you know, that can cause a lot of confusion for a lot of people. Right. But, um, I, I just, I love, I love that. Um, one thing I also really love, which is something that Dan himself brought up is how on the show there is no homophobia. Yes. Isn't that radical? Absolutely. I mean, there are sometimes jokes about David and who he likes, mm-hmm. but it's not like what you're doing is wrong or you're terrible. Explain everything to me. Mm-hmm. And, and nothing like that. It's just like, oh, this guy is a joke and you're attracted to him. That kind of thing. Yeah. Johnny Rose, you know, he you could tell that, you know, as a parent, he doesn't fully understand David's choices sometimes, mm-hmm. but he has no problem with the fact that David is pansexual. He has no problem yeah. with his sexuality. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of, huh, who is this person and right. do I have to be nice to them for a long time? <laughs> you know, those kinds right. of things. Right, right. And I love the way um, Mora is, um, David is clearly her baby. Like, yes. he is a mama's boy. Yes. And she's just like, how dare anyone not want my son? Right. You know, I love right. that. I love that too. And I love the way that Dan, as showrunner, kind of explained his stance on the no homophobia thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not an accident. It was very much something that they put into the show by design. Mm-hmm. And he said, I love this quote that he gave. And he said, I have no patience for homophobia. As a result, it's been amazing to take that into the show. We show love and tolerance. And I just love this idea of like, he's just saying that, it, and the way he explained it was that it's not the homophobia doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's saying it shouldn't exist. And so it's just this really simple idea of there is so much, like you don't have to tell most conscious, upright thinking people that, for example, black trans women are murdered at a rate that is appalling in any society, Mm -hmm. especially one that calls itself civilized. So this stuff is happening. There is bad in the world for people like David and other people around the world Mm -hmm. and in choosing to make a world in which there is no homophobia at least no visible homophobia it feels like a very small in the grand scheme very Mm -hmm. small but also very welcome act to kind of say yes there is so much bad stuff happening 
to this community of people across right. the world. Right. But here in this small little podunk town mm-hmm. in Canada called Shits Creek, <laughs> we're not going to give it the room. Like there are narratives of trauma everywhere, but right. not here. Right. And I think, you know, in a, as much as I love Dan and his glasses <laughs> and his mole and his hair and his, and his rings, all of that <laughs> stuff, it turns out what I'm most attracted to about him is the width of his brain. Okay. I did I not just, I did not know where you were going, but I'm all just right. saying the shoulders are broad, but yes. also his brain is big. And I'm yes. grateful for that because sometimes you want to fancy someone with sense. Yes. And Dan has so much sense and is also very hot and all together. It's what a beautiful package and I'm grateful. Nicole. He is smart. He mm-hmm. is attractive and he is empathetic. Yeah. He seems kind, yes. you know, and he puts that in the the work of the show. Oh my god, Nicole, and I'm so it's, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. And Dan, you are beautiful. Ugh. Um you, I mean, wow. <laughs> like it's just it's just a lot, you know? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, that's where we yeah. are now, just on the studio floor, crying yeah. gently because we love Dan Levy so much. Dan Levy, welcome to Thirst Aid Kit. <laughs> <laughs> you are officially a thirst object. Welcome. Uh, welcome, sir. <laughs> Just lean in. We'll be very gentle. All right, then. Okay, Nicole. <laughs> it's that time again. It's that time. Uh, so for those of you who uh, may not be familiar, we write maybe like it's supposed to be a hundred words of fan fiction, but um, for those of you out there who are writers, you know that the rules of writing are meant to be broken. Right. So, <laughs> so sometimes it's a little more than a hundred words, but yes. you know, hopefully you will forgive us. But yeah, so we read our drabbles, mm-hmm. and then we ask you to pick one that is your favorite. Right. And um, to do that, you'll go to our Twitter account at ThirstAidKit. And there will be a poll Mm -hmm. that you can pick, usually the day after. We like to give you a little bit of time to listen to the episode, sit with it, maybe listen to it again. I don't know. You know, it's up to you. Let it marinate, as as Nicole so memorably put it that one time. (laughs) Sit in that drabble for a a day. You know, really really soak yourself in the the juices (laughs) of that particular meatloaf of a drabble. And then come back and select one as your thing. Yeah, and, you know, everybody's a winner. No one gets a prize or anything. We just... (laughs) We just no. like to see which one you liked that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited, even yeah. though I'm very scared that pe- I'm, people are going to be like nine months and that's it. <laughs> this is the sickly baby you have given us. <laughs> I mean, perhaps, but I urge you to be kind. And yeah. uh, here we go. Dan was suppressing a smirk. I could tell because his lips were quirked and his eyes were glittering with barely contained glee. He was tugging on the silver chain that rested at the base of his throat, a sure sign he was trying his hardest not to laugh outright. But he was losing the war. Fast. Stop it, I hissed before turning again to face the sharply dressed stranger with the clipboard. Can you check again, please, I asked, spelling both my surname and Dan's. Is there a second list, maybe? She raked a cool glance over me and then lingered a little over Dan, her Mm -hmm. eyes assessing. Finally... A verdict. I can put you on standby, and maybe if no one else... That's okay, said Dan, cutting her off politely. My lover, he arched his brow as he said this, and I will take this party elsewhere. 
Then he took my hand before I could say anything and began walking us away from the line. My protest was weak. I've been looking forward to the charred corn ice cream, I said. Dan rolled his eyes, those brows dancing ever higher to his thick hair. You don't even like corn, he reminded me as we crossed the road, hands still clasped. You just wanted to say you'd been there. Well, that was true, but he didn't have to sound so smug in his brightness. Fine, I grumbled, but without any real bite. I let the whine in my voice go big. I just wanted to be in with a cool crowd for one night. Dan came to a sudden halt on the pavement. Silly rabbit, he said softly, shaking his head. You are the cool crowd. When I looked up at him, the smirk was gone. In its place was a real smile, something tender. He raised our joined hands and kissed the back of mine. Come on, he said. Let's order pizza. And so we did. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love him. I love him so much. I think he's so kind. And that's yes. what I wanted to show yes. in the story. This lovely, lovely man just being kind with yes. his eyebrows and his yes. rings and his chain. And ugh, I love him. Nicole, I love him. Yes. <laughs> You're all squinched up. I know. <laughs> I just love him. Okay, uh, now that's my drabble, yes. but I feel like <laughs> no, don't pressure I'm, me. I'm not putting pressure. I'm just let me say my let me say how I feel. Okay, okay. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. I wanted to say that I feel like you mm -hmm. are going to deliver something special because that's who you are as a person. You're special, Nicole. Thank See, you. bitch, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now read us the damn fucking drabble anyway. <laughs> okay. Dan is watching me from the doorway, his eyebrows voicing their confusion in an asymmetric tilt. What is all of this, he demands, coming closer. The sun hits the thick waves of his hair, still rough from bed, and I think, you're so pretty sometimes. He rolls his eyes. Thank you, he says, and I realize I've said it out loud. <sighs> I thought you were working on some chapters. He gestures at my pile of arts and crafts, then looks at me more closely. He lowers himself until he's eye to eye with me. All snark fades from his face. I can't help myself and smooth a finger over one of his eyebrows, pulling Ugh. his glasses off. <laughs> hey, hey, he says softly, pulling my palms into his. What's going on? What do you need? An anxiety spiral has me tumbling into a vision board craft project. So I tell him the words spilling out in a sticky rush. He holds me against his chest, listening, rocking me in the way that soothes me best. And when I finish, he picks up one of the glitter pins and draws a heart on the back of my hand before placing a kiss in its center, red sparkles finding a home in his morning stubble. Bitch! <laughs> Continue! That's it! Wow! <laughs> Wow. Um, first buckets, I want you to know that Cher, <laughs> who is our new producer, is weeping <laughs> in the booth. So, fuck you, Nicole. <laughs> but said with love, obviously. <sighs> All right, so um, I'm going to check myself into the ER, make sure everything's where it should be and hasn't been fucking rearranged but by see, Nicole's drabble. Listen, you mentioned how kind, right? And that's what... That I glommed onto that too. It's amazing how without seeing each other's drabbles, yes. we basically zeroed in on three clean things. His yeah. hair, mm -hmm. how he held our hands, mm -hmm. and his kindness. Yes. 
turns out we both fancy this man for the same reasons. Yes. Shout out to us. I mean... We are thirst sisters, first and foremost. <laughs> That's why we are here. That's why we live in this studio <laughs> and bring this content to you. Nicole, can I just say, that was a stupendous travel. Oh, thank you. I'm very proud of you, as always. I love your work. Thank you. And as we say to the Thirst Buckets, there are no losers in this scenario because what you get every week is original fanfic from our brainstems. <laughs> comes out in a thirsty sticky rush <laughs> as nicole just memorably put it jesus christ i i have to oh god i have to go drink lots of water <laughs> uh, so um, there you have it yeah buckets. yeah um those are our travels mm. for this week um we're gonna wait until friday to put up the poll and you can vote for which one you like um better um, we've got Dan trying to prove to Bim that she is the life of the party in his world. And we've got Nicole essentially drop kicking us um, <laughs> with emotions from an anxiety attack that is pulled back by the loving tender care of Dan drawing a love heart on the back of her fucking hand. <laughs> so those are your options, guys. Uh, it'll be on Twitter. We are at Thirst Aid Kit. You can select the drabble that most speaks to you this week. Be kind, be gentle. Listen again if you need to, maybe two or three times. <laughs> it's up to you. And pick your winner. And uh, we'll post the results of that, obviously, on Twitter. But um, as Nicole and I say every week, there are no losers. All of this is a joy. First Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Sher Vincent and us, Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins. The senior managing producer of Slate Podcast is June Thomas and the editorial director is Gabriel Roth. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit and we're at Bim and Do and Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's whiskey with an E, woman. Plus, we're still on Tumblr. Shout out to the OG Thirst Buckets over there at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. You can send us questions over there and we'll get to them as soon as we can. If you live tweet your listen, please use the hashtag T-A-K-P-O-D and feel free to send us emails about how you missed us and yearned for our return at thirstaidkit at slate.com. Also, please send us your drabbles. We have missed reading what thirsty scenarios you can come up with. But listen, keep it short. We can go over because this is our podcast. We might read yours on the show, so please include your pronouns. Send them to thirstaidkit at slate.com. You can subscribe to Thirst Aid Kit wherever you get your podcasts. And we love you for listening, but you know in this capitalist society, nothing says love like ratings and reviews. So please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It'll help other people discover Thirst Aid Kit. And personally speaking, we love five stars. Finally, yes, we are back. All is well in the kingdom of thirst. <laughs> and yes, we'll be back again next week and the week after that. In the meantime, you grab a buddy and you thirst responsibly. 